What's up, Yugi Bros, Yugi Girls, Yugi non-binary folks? Uh, it's uh, fucking Yugi Bros, guys. Um, fuck. Fuck yeah, we're in the fucking fucking duel. Fuck. Uh, this is a getting a little ahead of like <laughs> Bitcoin or anything, but if you could choose any Yu-Gi-Oh character to say uh, "fuck," who would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Thanks. I think I would want to hear Mo- or uh, Bakura say it. Yes. Just because he's the least likely to say it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He just kind of like says it out of the blue, not even yeah. like angry or anything. Just like, this tea is so fucking good. <laughs> Something like that. I would love for him to say wanker in the show just once. Oh, yeah, some, like, British swears. Yeah. Like, bloody hell, or something like that. Oi, you activate my wanker card. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Hello to our British listeners. <laughs> um, I think we have one, maybe. Maybe. I have to check. Um, For a second, I thought it was... Uh, one of my editors is British and also has watched Yu-Gi-Oh! So I thought maybe he was listening to it, but I, d- I doubt that he is listening to my podcast. Although It would you... be funny. If 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 you are listening, uh, send us an email. <laughs> Shout out to Richard. Thank you for, for some reason, still following me on Twitter, even though it's <laughs> not good content. Um... But dang, there's so much that's going on. Um, before uh, we do anything else, I want to uh, wish everybody a happy post-Halloween. And Yeah, this will be out after that. Yes, and also an absolutely as little stress as you can have on this election day. I'm wishing you that because... My calculations are correct. This will be coming out next Tuesday, which will be a very intense day for everybody in America. Yeah, so strap in and just listen to this podcast and forget about the outside world for the next hour. We're in the Doolin arena now, kids. Yeah. Um, But I also thought that we could try a new thing um, instead of what you're watching. Um, I thought we could ask each other just like a like a, a, a question that we might want to um, know about each other. That's good, because I didn't watch anything this week. That's cool. <laughs> um, so I can go first, if you like. Yeah, go for it. Um, so my question is kind of Halloween-themed, because for us, Halloween is tomorrow. Um, and I wanted to ask, if you could be any supernatural creature, like vampires or werewolves or stuff, uh, which one would you be? Hmm. I have to think about this. I wouldn't want to be a vampire because they live forever, and I don't think yeah. that's actually fun. You don't want to go through that like turmoil or anything. No. I kind of like werewolves because it's like only happens every once in a while. You know, it's like manageable. Yeah, but, like, think of how you have to, like, make... You would have to make, like, custom clothes that you could, like, tear off because you would get all werewolfy. Yeah. No, Do you of... think, like... You, obviously, your anatomy changes, right? Uh-huh. Do you get, like, a wolf penis? Do you think that's a thing? Um, yeah. I guess it depends. I feel like it... There's, like, a lot of different types of werewolves, mm-hmm. and some of them are, like, more human-looking than others, and in that case, I would guess that they would still have, like, a human penis, but then there are some werewolves where it's, like, they just turn into a wolf, and then it would be weird if oh, you were right. all over a wolf, but still had, like, a human I just dick. remember I've seen True Blood, and they have characters that turn into animals. What are they called? You just remembered you'd seen True Blood? <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking of, like, what werewolf content I've seen, and I haven't seen that one movie, uh, 
American Werewolf in London. I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, that so. one's so good, though. Um, but what I, are those called when you turn into, like, whatever animal? This is going to actually surprise you, but I've seen very little True Blood. So I don't actually really remember what they're called in that show. If I there's know- a name for that, I would be that. Okay. Yeah. Um, th- that's like, isn't somebody like a, a were cougar in that? Yeah, like, I think okay. they're like a panther or something. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of like in um, Underworld, they're called like the lycanthropes. Yeah. Or something like that. Man, that is a bad movie. <laughs> Isn't you, the first one, like, okay? Or, like, decent? I tried to watch the first one, but it starts out in a way where you can already tell it got had to get fixed in post-production. Uh, where it's, like, when a movie starts and it's mostly voiceover narration, that's when I can tell that um, whatever product that they turned in did not explain enough of anything. They're like, oh, we gotta record some lines. People are not gonna know what this lady is doing. Some ADR. Yeah, they did some big ol' ADR. Um, but yeah. What about you? What is your Halloween themed of choice? Um, I don't know. I'd like to just be like a cryptid, like a Bigfoot or a Jersey Devil. Or a Mothman. Just, like, chill out in the forest and scare some kids every once in a while. But, like, for the most part, nobody really knows what I look like. Is Slenderman a cryptid? No, Slenderman's like a creepypasta. Because he, like, came up on the internet. Okay. But, I mean, cryptids are... Okay, so cryptids exist outside the internet. Yeah, and cryptids are usually a little more, like, animal-based. Okay. Like, they're, like, animal sort of um, urban legends. So, like, Bigfoot is kind of, like, a Yeti-type creature. Yeah. Do you have um, a animal type you would be in this cryptid? <laughs> well, I would want to be, like, a Mothman-type thing, because they gave Mothman such a good ass in the, like, statue <laughs> in Point Pleasant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would rather be, like, a Mothman type, where it's, like, kind of humanoid, but also, like, there might be an animal thrown in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's Mothman's deal? I don't know much about Mothman. Well... Does he just, like, eat clothes a lot and stuff? (laughs) I think that's, like, another trademark of cryptids, is, like, their deal kind of is all over the place. And there's usually, like, a bunch of different types. Like, Mothman, I think his deal is just that he's a giant, like, man creature that has moth wings and shit. But, like, he's never really described as, like, killing anybody. He just, like, scares people. He's just kind of spooky. Yeah, Yeah, he's spooky, scares people, but he kind of, like, runs away. Cryptids kind of... Does he, like, fly into a lot of car windshields? Is that his thing? No. Oh. Uh, he's he's very attracted to light. Um, he he flies into a lot of lamps. Okay. Gets burnt and sizzled. Um, and also, I saw... In Point Pleasant, there's a pizza shop that makes a Mothman pizza. <laughs> Where they just make, like, the shape of him in pepperonis nice. on the pizza. And I was like, that pizza looks delicious. Did you grow up with any of those cryptids? Uh, not really. There's not a lot of them in Arizona. Unless you start to get yeah. further into, like, the mountain territory. And even then, they're kind of just... I think all we have is, like, a recycled Yeti creature. Like, you could go is and... It, uh, what's it called? What's the South American one? Mm, I don't know. Dang. I'll remember. Uh, we'll remember, eventually. But, like, every country and almost every state has, like, a Yeti Bigfoot-type creature. But they just have different yeah. names. Um... And a lot of, a lot of the ones in Arizona are very desert.
which is super creepy. The only cryptid I have is more of just like a spooky hallway mm-hmm. at the Sunday school I went to. There's like a second floor. There was always this door at, at the top of these stairs, but no one would ever go because it was locked or when it was open, it was just pitch black and it was very spooky because it was just like... You, I've been in the the building for a long time, but like when you haven't been in a certain part of a building, it's just like weird. Yeah. There's something about like, I don't know, we being in a building that you've been in a bunch of times, but in a new part of it, it's creepy. Yeah, especially a part that no one goes to. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. Um, that makes me think of the, um, game I finished last weekend, Anatomy, which is about, like, exploring a house that's been abandoned. It's very spooky. Cool. Yeah. Did you see that Twitter post about that house that's for sale? Yes! It's like a church, and it's like a fucking crazy... Yes! It used to be... DVD storage, and yeah. It used to be, like, um, a game where you had to try and find the bathtub, but they, now you can't find the bathtub anymore. Like, they took that part out of it. Well, the bathtub's still there. Well, what I, so what I read was they took down the listing and then they put it back up, but, like, you couldn't access the bathtub anymore or the bathroom, whatever. Uh But if you can... And that's great news for all of us. Yeah, it's just a wild building with stacks of smuggled stuff, I guess. Or yeah, it was. Yeah. I was watching a friend click through it because you can go through it on like the Google Maps mm-hmm. 360 view, and it was just like an incredible archive. I don't know. Um, I thought it was funny all the people that did find the bathtub or the the tub in general, and all the people that took a screenshot and were like. I don't know if this is just me having gone to church a lot as a kid, but that looks like a baptism pool. Yeah, and there's all the, a subway cup. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's it's funny that like all these people are like, ah, uh, this is this might be a church because I know yeah. what a baptism pool looks like. <laughs> right. Um, I've only seen a baptism pool once. Um when I went I to- haven't seen any. I usually see them in movies and it's at a lake or something. It's very strange. I think because I grew up Catholic, so I was baptized when I was a baby and I don't even really remember it. So it always, when I was a kid and like I would go to like my Mormon friends would get baptized as like middle schoolers and they would go into the, that like big pool and I always thought it was very strange because I was like, why are they like choosing to get baptized? And they're like happy about it. That's weird. <laughs> That's like a very Catholic way to think about religion where yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you don't choose to do anything. Your mom tells yeah. you that you're going to do it. <laughs> Anyways, what's my question? Oh, right. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite color? Um, I like emerald green. Okay. It used to be red, but I think green is, um, prettier. Is that a lighter or a darker green? It's like the, uh, green, like, um, like the jewel, like an emerald. You know? Like a deep green. Yeah, like a deep... Like Saturated. A, mm-hmm, like a forest green, but like a little bit more, like, jewel-y. Um, I feel like the more I've gotten into interior design, aka buying furniture for my apartment, the more I've, like, appreciated sort of, uh, darker tones in, um, furniture and stuff, because it looks really cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, anyways, I guess we should start talking about these two episodes for Yu-Gi-Oh!, yeah, surprisingly, it's a two-parter that isn't labeled as a two-parter. Yeah, I was surprised too, but Weird. it happens. I was, 
I mean, like, I was kind of a little bummed out almost because I was so ready to not have to follow a storyline over two episodes. We'd just gotten out of that, like, five-episode duel. But Yeah, once they got to the middle of this first one, I was like, are they just going to quickly wrap it up at the end? And then it was like, no, it's too hard. Nah, they kind of... Um, so, like, let's jump into the first episode, which is called uh, Wrath of Rebecca. Which feels kind of biblical. There's a Rebecca in the Bible, I think. Am I thinking? I wonder of... if she was baptized. I don't we'll think so. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, what I was gonna say is they kind of cram a lot of the like, a lot of like emotional payoff into the very first few minutes of this episode, and then we quickly have to like go into the yeah the beginning of the part. episode feels like the end of an episode yeah um the resolution we get to see uh yugi get the prize money that he gives to joey um he also gets a custom card from um pegasus called, okay yeah yeah um called uh the ties of friendship I like that Croquet says uh, his prize will be awarded and the agreed upon three free souls. <laughs> well, when I was watching it, I was like, wait a second. Does uh, Joey's sister surgery cost three million dollars? Yeah. Because like, like, yeah, as far as I remember, like they don't reference later in the episodes that he has like a chunk of change to spend that must be an expensive. yeah i mean surgeries are expensive but i've never heard of one that's even a million dollars no yeah like the, i've never heard of a surgery that was three million dollars that wasn't like right. some weird right. rich person thing yeah are they giving are they like crafting new eyeballs for her and surgically is she getting some robot shit Maybe. in her eyes? She's getting that. Dope. She's getting that thing that Grimes got, where like she removed oh, God. the blue light, <laughs> like filter from her eye. Yeah, I would love it if they got. So Bakura has the Pegasus eye or whatever. Yeah, it would be funny if they just replaced her eyes with two Pegasus eyes. Oh my God, she'd be so powerful. <laughs> Could he see with that eye? It's like a monkey's paw thing where, you know, they win the prize money, but she has Pegasus eyes. Aw, damn. Wow. I gave... I gave up my Pegasus eye to... (laughs) To try and get your eyesight back. Oh my god, I gave my eyeballs to get Pegasus eyes. I can't believe this. It's a very bad... I can shoot lasers out of them now, though. Very exciting. Um... Anyways, Ties of Friendship, the card. Yes, he gets the Ties of Friendship card, which apparently Pegasus handcrafted. Um, I don't know when when he did that, but uh, that's Yugi's prize plus the three souls released. And then we get, like, the wonderful Mokuba and Seto reunion. Um, Kaiba's okay. Kaiba's okay. okay. And he's like... So happy to have his brother back. Very touching. Um, Kaiba actually thanks Yugi, which I don't think we've ever heard. No. I mean, like, he's he's learned a couple lessons during this uh, Duelist Kingdom. And I think he appreciates that, uh, the solid that Yugi did for him, a.k.a. releasing his soul. Yeah. Um, oh. Their exchange about that afterwards is weird, though. With the, because Kai was like, "We should duel again," but it's more like, based on the circumstances before that duel didn't count, and Yugi's just like, "Yep." Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of. I just thought it was a weird exchange. That's kind of like all of their exchanges are like, yeah. Kaiba putting all of these um, little like caveats on it but it's basically him just saying i can't wait to duel you again 
He's like, because of the circumstances in which I won, but like maybe I shouldn't have won. And it also was on a roof. So it didn't really count. And it would be great if maybe we dueled again. I don't know whenever you want to duel, but we don't have to. So bye. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then they need his helicopter. So they quickly run after him. Yeah. He, he's like, let's go. I I wanted to see the, the ride back, you know? Oh yeah. Is everyone crammed into a helicopter? Crammed in there and trying to make small talk and kind of was just like, shut up. Yeah. Don't talk to me while I'm driving this helicopter. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing that I forgot to mention is that now Yugi has been named the King of Games. True. Um, he also thanks Yami Yugi, which Yami reveals his name to Yugi for the first time, I guess. He's like, I've been, I think I've been called many names like Pharaoh and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, but you can call me Yami. And I'm like, that's not, those aren't names. Those are titles. I've also been called DJ Puzzle Box. But that was another life. <laughs> um, yes. And I have pajama pants that say King of Games on them. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just like Yugi. Uh, but then they go back to Domino City, which is where they're from. And they, uh, they're on their way with Grandpa mm-hmm. back to the store, I think. Yeah, they're like having a fun time. They're chilling out. They're they're doing whatevs. And uh, they are talking about how Joey has come a long way as a duelist and how Grandpa is like, even though he just got out of the hospital, he's like ready to duel all of them. Yeah. Uh, but when they get back to the game shop, there's like some girl with all of her luggage just like sitting out there yeah a child a child um yes uh a really mean shitty child who's yelling (laughs) at them and she says that uh solomon stole her blue eyes white dragon card and she wants it back and everybody in the group is like we might have some bad news about that blue eyes white dragon uh, yeah, but they never actually tell her. No, I mean, she is kind of not giving them a lot of room to, yeah. like, yeah, th- she's not... She's very aggressive. Yeah. And she demands that Solomon duel her to get uh, the Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Also, this little girl is Rebecca, and we are seeing her wrath. It is the wrath of Rebecca. Indeed. Yes. Uh, she says, duel me, old man. Uh, and you find out that she was the number one duelist in the USA. Which I'm like... She's a prodigy. Then, who's... Where are they right now? I don't know why. I thought that, like, that made... I thought Yugi winning Duelist Kingdom made him the number one duelist in the USA. But also, like... Wouldn't Kaiba have been the number one duelist in the USA? Or does that not count? I thought they were in Japan. That's what I... Okay, so... This is what's confusing to me. The dub is supposed to be taking place in America, I believe. Uh, Because in the, like, manga and, like, the subtitled anime, Domino City is in Japan. But it's been Americanized in the dub, like most of the stuff in it. So technically they are in America, which is why it's weird when they like specify certain characters coming from America, because you're like, wouldn't you just know that? And also like, it it brings up a different question, which is not going to be answered by these episodes. I don't think really ever gets answered, but is... What are the metrics for who the number one duelists are? Right. It seems like everybody in Yu-Gi-Oh! at some point or another is has the title of like some sort of numerical placement 
as maybe a she's the best in her class, her her duelist class. Yeah, in like I don't think she is the number one duelist in America. I'm gonna call shenanigans on that because like Yugi says that he read about a duel monsters prodigy. Yeah. So I'm like, it's probably just that she's very good at it. I don't know if she's the number one. I just like that both characters that are officially deemed from America in the show are both shitty. Yes. Well, <laughs> also, she's from America, and later on, when we meet her grandpa, he's British? Yeah. Right? Jesus. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Um, Anyways, they agree to duel, I guess. And uh, they go to Kaiba Land. Yeah. They're like, all right, well, we'll do it. And then they go to Kaiba Land and they're like, hey, Mokuba, you know how we like saved your soul? Can we use one of your dueling arenas, please? <laughs> uh, also, I like that, like, for some reason, it also feels like a commercial for Kaiba Land. Yeah. Where there's all these kids who are like, boy, howdy, I love being at Kaiba Land. The whole Kaiba Land thing was interesting to me because I was like, Oh, yeah, Disneyland is, like, named after Walt Disney. Yeah. Because usually I don't think about that. I'm just, like, Mickey Mouse and rides. I'm not, like, oh, that's, like, Kaiba Land. What well, is... He just named a place that for himself. Yeah, and it's not even, like, the final form of Kaiba Land. Because this is kind of just, like, a bunch of dueling arenas. Yeah. But later on, he, like, makes, like, a full theme park that's all, like, dual monsters-based called Kaiba Land. Where you can go on, like, a Blue Eyes White Dragon roller coaster and stuff. I'd go on that ride. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would go to Kaiba Land. They have production value. <laughs> you seen how Kaiba dresses? There's no way that his theme park wouldn't be cool as hell. Um, There's a Kuribo petting zoo. Yes. Oh, that would, that would fuck real hard, and that would be cool. And there would be like, a whole internet subculture that would be Kaiba Land adults, and everyone's like, "That's for kids," but they're still going, and they like oh God. have podcasts about the ride. <laughs> and I would be listening to those podcasts. Um, uh. but they have to use Kaiba Land because Kaiba Land has the dual arenas. Um, and Moku was like, "I guess I'll let you do it." Because you, like, saved me and my brother's life. <laughs> and the dueling arena that they end up using, I thought looked kind of cool. Because the little platforms that they stand in kind of looked like um, Evangelion. Yeah, they look like of. little spaceships. Yeah. Um, which Rebecca's like, this dueling arena is kind of small. And I'm like, you got this very last minute. And it's, like, empty. There's, like, no one watching. It's pretty Um. Funny. Yes. So... They're going to duel in the dueling arena. When they get in there, Yugi's like, my grandpa is not going to duel you because he literally just got out of the hospital. I'm going to duel you. Um, and yeah, so, his grandpa says, she's strange, but smart. Yeah, everybody in, every antagonist in Yu-Gi-Oh has a gimmick. Nobody's just playing a straight game like uh, Yugi does. Maybe Kaiba. Kaiba doesn't really have a gimmick, other than he's Kaiba. Uh, but her thing is she, like, talks to her teddy bear and, like, pretends yeah, it's giving her... Yeah, which made me think, like, oh, is there a Millennium Item in there? That will be dope. Yeah. But there's not. Well, for a second, I thought that there was, like, maybe, like, a, um, a walkie-talkie hidden inside it. And she was, uh, like, whispering with, um, like, her grandpa, maybe. Yeah. You know, like, how Because I, I forgot, like, that there was, like, a backstory in the next episode. But I kind of, in my head, was like, oh, the reason why her duel is exactly, like, is, is like, reminding Solomon of a previous duel is because, like, her grandpa is, like, coaching her through it to get his yeah. blue eyes wiped back. That would be a great reason. I'm, Subplot thing. Sam, I've watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! I know <laughs> what the good um, antagonists do. And yeah. it's usually some form of somebody is in a headpiece coaching them through it. Someone's cheating. 
Yeah. Someone is pretending to be psychic. Someone is pretending that they can hear voices. That sort of shit. Um, but no, she's just basically like, she'll do a move and then whisper to her uh, teddy bear and be like, do you think that was a good idea, teddy? Oh my gosh, what, what should I do next? And it's, it's making Yugi lose his cool. And Yugi's usually a pretty cool dude. Yeah, Yugi also doesn't rely on Yami for this battle. He's just plain old Yugi battling, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, Yugi's like, you know what? You you sit this one out, Yami Yugi. I'd like to think Yami would come out and be like, we must crush her. Yeah, Yami comes out. Gotta crush this child. A little too much bloodlust. Yeah. He's all amped up from the Pegasus duel. He needs, he that's too much firepower. Um, the duel itself is a little bit boring. There's not a lot to it. Um, yeah, Rebecca's main thing is she likes to kill a lot of her cards to power up other cards. Yeah, she's she, kind she of... She sent a lot of stuff to the graveyard. She sends a lot of stuff to the graveyard. She's kind of mean when she talks about her cards. Like, she has a card that's, um, I think it's called Black Forest Witch. Yeah. That she keeps calling, like, this stinky old witch. I'm going to sacrifice this nasty old witch, and I'm going to send it to the graveyard. Um, and Yugi has been using Celtic Guardian to sort of slash down her monsters. Uh, but she's been putting up defenses against that, including, um, I think it's, I just wrote down Eye Shield, but I think it's called the Millennium Shield. Because yeah. it has the Millennium Eye on it. And... Yes. Yeah, she puts up that, which is all defense power, and then uses this other card called... Um, like, magnet Ring or something. Yeah, Magnet Ring that uh, circles around it. And when Yugi tries to use Summon Skull, it uh, attracts the lightning attack. Which I thought was like a cool, it was like a fun visual to like see the um, magnets sort of circling around. Yeah. And so Yugi's kind of at a, a weird spot because there's not a lot he can do to, uh, he has to basically figure out how to destroy this defense pattern. But it's, it's not that interesting. Because it doesn't feel, like, as intense, especially since we just yeah. had everyone's lives on the line. And now it's just... Yeah, it's kind of like they're fighting for a card that we know is ruined or doesn't exist. Yeah, it's kind of, um... It, it feels like the definition of a filler episode. I do like the card she plays, Tribute to the Doomed, because it looks cool. Yes, and I like... And it's called Tribute to the Doomed. She pulls this card, but she doesn't play it yet, which is a uh, Shadow Ghoul that looks really yeah. cool. It's got, like, a bunch of eyes on it. Gross. Love it. Yeah, th this episode actually has good animation, I think. Mm -hmm. It's got, like, varied animations with kind of, like, cutesy stuff, like when the grandpa's, like, trying to prove that he's not sick, and there's a cool blast effect that she does against Yugi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think, like, it looks really nice. Um, I like a lot of the Joey animation, because I like that he's, yep. like, very uh, expressive in this episode, which is fun. Um, I believe the conclusion of the episode is basically uh, Solomon, uh, Yuki's grandpa, remembers that this duel is exactly like his duel against his best friend, Arthur Hawkins, who, um, it turns out is, um, Rebecca's grandfather, and when he figures that out, she accuses him of stealing the Blue Eyes White Dragon card from her grandpa and betraying his best friend. Uh, and that's- right kind of where the episode ends, I think. 
It's like this shocking accusation. Yeah. Um, and you're like, whoa, lore. Grandpa I can't, lore. Ah, uh, the grandpas. Dueling grandpas. Yeah, Joey does say that at the end. Which yeah. Is good. I was thinking of uh, War with Grandpa in theaters, I guess, if you wanted to get COVID from seeing War with Grandpa. That's a thing? Mm-hmm. It's a movie? Yeah. It's... That was a loud swallow. It's just, uh, like, a comedy movie with um, Robert De Niro. And it's, like, some stupid bullshit where, like, a grandkid is upset because his grandpa moves in to the family's house. And now he's got a war with grandpa because he had to give uh, up his room. It's one of those. Yeah. Okay. Not great. We're not into it. Um, if you want to hear more about war with grandpa, there's a My Brother, My Brother in Me episode that is entirely about that. So They don't need PR. I know, <laughs> but we're not going to get into it because we're not that kind of podcast. What we are is a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. And what we're going to do now is go to the Bit Corner, I would imagine. Let's head on over Let's to go the Bit Corner. Let's go to the Bit Corner. It's right over here. Um, I like it. Thanks. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> um, it's no, uh, it's time to podcast, but I tried my best. It makes me want to write more lyrics, which I will... <laughs> Okay. Sing next time. Yes. Um, so this week's Bit Corner, we are going to uh, talk about what characters do me and Sam give off the energy of. Um, because, you know, I don't know if you did this when you were a kid, but like I, when I was a kid, me and my friends... Anytime we watched, like, a cartoon or a show or a movie or anything, we would always have to, like, decide who was what cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. Like, within your friend group, and you'd be like, oh, you're gonna be this character, and you're this character, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, It's like an instinctual human need. Uh, So, yeah, I thought that we could maybe talk about what uh, Yu-Gi-Oh characters uh, we remind each other of. Cool. Yeah. Um, Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I would say I feel like you give me sometimes a bit of a Kaiba vibe just because of like the very dry humor. Uh, um, and I invent things a lot. You do invent things a lot. <laughs> um, what I love about you, Sam, is all your dual discs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say like a lot like Kaiba... But also, um, I'm trying to remember all the Yu-Gi-Oh characters. Mm, I don't know, like, maybe a little bit of, like, good Bakura. I think you're, like, a very good friend. And I feel like Bakura has a lot of good friend energy. I do love tea. You do love tea. Also, maybe a little bit Mai, too. You got, like... Hell yeah. Yeah, because there's, like, a little bit of that tough love energy, too. Yeah. You want people to succeed, but you're not going to bullshit them about stuff. Hell yeah. (laughs) Um, Don't come at me with that. I want to succeed, but I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get nothing past my Valentine or Sam. No way. Um, yeah. Uh, some of, I don't know, like, I don't feel like you would remind me of, like, Joey or anything like that, because I feel like that's a little more, like, um, loud, jokey-jokeness. Yeah. And it's just not your speed. But I'd say you you remind me of Joey a little bit in terms of the, the jokes. Not necessarily the content, but the wanting to do jokes. Yeah. No, I've tweets. made I've made my peace with the Joey Wheeler inside <laughs> me. Uh, and then in terms of like knowledgeability, I feel like you're, you're, uh, Solomon. You have a wide range of knowledge about dual monsters and the show. I do have a hat that says world's best grandpa. <laughs> but not in a way that's like, uh, 
you know, annoying or, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not flaunting it. You're, you're just providing can info. You, can you imagine if I flaunted my knowledge of you? <laughs> yeah. Oof. That would be... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just, like, picturing that type of person. There are people like that. Oh, yeah. But it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just, like, a huge... um. Like the way people would flaunt their wealth. I'm like, I know so many Yu-Gi-Oh characters' birthdays. <laughs> I know their star yeah. signs. I know some of their blood types. Their shoe sizes? I do not know their shoe sizes. Big, I would imagine. Everyone's wearing big shoes in this show. Have you seen that meme? I think I shared it with you, but it's like the duelist and their favorite card or or their card or something i don't think so I don't it's just like you post a selfie and like a card oh like, i think or something what card would you post um probably my favorite one which we talked about in a very earlier episode which is a uh, maha vailo vailo yeah whatever. i would post uh crude oh clown. the meme is yeah, the meme is the duelist and their signature card. Mm. So, I, yeah. Crude clown. Because uh, I think you would want to see the resemblance between me and the <laughs> crude clown. Um, uh, email us or tweet at us. What do you think? What Yugi character, Yu-Gi-Oh character are you? Yeah. Um, are you a... Uh, are you a... Uh, Tristan? Yeah, are what... You, uh, What's his name? The fish guy? Remember that guy? Mako Tsunami. Yeah. Um, Maybe that weird big clown goth man? I None of you guys can be panic. Although I did see a really... <laughs> I saw a really good meme that was um, a screen cap of panic and Mai. And it said an e-girl and her podcaster boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Though I think it would be more of an e-boy and an e-girl. Yeah, I mean, like... Like, what podcast is Panic doing? Literally all of those e-girl and podcaster boyfriend memes feel like they're playing really fast and loose with the definition of what an e-girl is. Definitely. None of those... None of the people... Like, the women in the pictures look like uh, Doja Cat, and that's kind of, like, for me, the... um, what I measure e-girlness against as yeah. I'm like, uh, how Doja Cat is this? Or TikTok. Yes. E-girls, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Memes are great. Uh, before we leave BitCorner, I did want to say a, um, a late happy birthday to fellow Scorpio Seto Kaiba. Um, oh nice oh yeah i was last uh weekend and i think it's great that scorpio season starts off with the ceo of kaiva core's birthday <laughs> and here i'm learning a lot about who's uh, a scorpio because all these birthdays are coming up yeah i there's more than you would think there's more than i would yeah I, I learned bob ross another scorpio whoa that's does cool. not give scorpio energy no, I mean, like, oh, wow, I'm going to get gay for a second. But, like, you could also have to go off of somebody's moon sign. Uh, um, how do you figure that one out? Moon sign? That one has to do with, like, the time you were born, I think. Uh, yeah, it requires probably texting your mom and being like, yeah. hey, what, when was I born? <laughs> um, like, I'm a Scorpio sun and a Capricorn moon. Okay. Um, what's early? What's like 7 a.m.? Because I think that's my time. I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry. You have to go on your birth chart journey on your own. Um, that'll be a different podcast. Yeah, that'll be. Well, that, that's a different bit corner. <laughs> uh, same place, different time. Uh, but yeah, two Scorpios talking about another Scorpio. Wow. It's Scorpio season, guys. 
Um, well, now that this big corner is filled with Scorpios. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Should we head on out? Yeah. Yeah. Too many water signs. Someone will clean it. <laughs> uh, but now we're talking about ties of friendship. Um, and ties of friendship is basically kind of similar to the episode before it. It's basically split into two parts, which is the yeah. first part is like uh, Grandpa Solomon's backstory. Yep. Which is him talking about when he met. Uh, he went on an archaeological dig, which is he an archaeologist? Like what? What does Grandpa do? What did he do before owning a store? I don't know. A lot of people in Yu-Gi-Oh seem to ha- be able to get themselves into archaeological digs, specifically yeah. in Egypt. Yeah. Because like he was able to get to Egypt. Pegasus went to Egypt. Um, I think there's another person who goes to Egypt. It's wild. I don't know why they're all going there. But yeah, he was on an archaeological dig and became friends with um, Arthur Hawkins, who's a professor who, like, gives him his water. Yeah, because he's thirsty. Yes. And we learned that Professor Arthur Hawkins was incredibly smart, but laughed out of um, his... He's a radical thinker. He's a radical thinker who's like, I think that this children's card game was played in ancient Egypt. And I can prove it by putting these cards against hieroglyphics that have the same art. Yeah. Uh, But everyone laughs at him because, let's be real, that's a wild thing to say. Yeah, I like how the word Egyptology is used. Yeah, it made me think of those... Books that you could get at like a Sam's Club. It would be like Dragonology or Wizardology. Yeah. And they had like a little bubble that would be like a dragon eye or something. Pretty sure there was an Egyptology one. I'd be like, learn about ancient Egypt. Um, and that's almost exactly where um, the person who wrote Yu Gi Oh got all the knowledge about Egypt. <laughs> Yeah, Hawkins says that the the Egyptians use this game to fight each other and try to get the power to rule the world. Mm-hmm. Stuff we've heard before. Uh, Just reinforcing it. On one of the digs, Hawkins and uh, Solomon get trapped. Mm-hmm. Caved in. Yes. And they're running out of food and water. Um, until they only have one canteen of water left. So they decide to duel for it. Some uh, dual monsters, card game shenanigans. Yeah, then Solomon bets the water. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're dueling for whoever gets those last little sips. Which is weird, but okay. And also weird is that, like, this is... At this point in the story is when Rebecca is like, I'm cutting you off. (laughs) It's like the most important part. And she's like, I don't want to hear about it, old man. You're a thief. I hate you. Shut up. She just wants that card. It's like, I would almost understand her frustration, but there's no reason for her to think that. Solomon stole that card. Right. Her grandpa obviously doesn't think he stole the card because, like, at the end of the episode, uh, the guy, the Dr. Professor Hawkins, like, comes in and is like, no, Solomon's my best friend. Why would you he think He just that? shows up and happens to be there for some reason this whole time. Well, he probably was, Straight. like, my granddaughter. Where the fuck is my granddaughter? She went on a whirlwind oh. vacation, uh, like a uh, home alone. Yeah. Um, but when she cuts uh, Solomon off, it does give Yugi the opportunity to come back, and he pulls out uh, one of our dear old friends, Catapult Turtle. He uses Catapult Classic. Turtle and brain control. 
to bring control the shield and then puts the shield and catapult turtle and obliterates a bunch of um uh what's her name rebecca's life points um also oh my gosh we totally forgot to mention this in the first episode but this is one of the first times that we've seen somebody directly attack somebody else's life points whoa really yes um wow so, in the episode before, uh, Rebecca uses a card that's basically like a big robot with a gun. That's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Um, and she's able to use that card to um, attack. She like removes all of Yugi's cards from the field and then attacks. Yeah. Yes. So if your opponent doesn't have any monsters on the field, you can attack their life points directly and take a big chunk out of them. This yeah, happened... We're learning this episode 42, by the way. Yes. Uh, this happens a lot in the next arc, Battle City, um, because there's more opportunities for it since that's when we introduce the sort of regular uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! slash Duel Monsters rule that in order to bring monsters that are, I believe, five or more uh, star points, um, yep. you need to sacrifice two smaller monsters to summon them. And right. so it becomes more. It becomes easier to have no monsters on the field if you've already sacrificed two monsters, and then your big guy gets taken out too. And so we, it's also closer to the actual rules of the card game. Yeah. that's Battle City is kind of when you get a lot more of the standard dual rules that like people use in real-life Yu-Gi-Oh! Real-life Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Um, so, but it is exciting to see this is one of the first times that somebody's getting a big old chunk taken out of their life points, which does happen to Yu-Gi. Um... However, he's able to take some of that um, some of that power back through the catapult turtle, um, which knocks down Rebecca's life point significantly. However, she's sent a bunch of monsters to the grave and summons Shadow Ghoul, who gains points based on how many monsters she's sent to the grave. Yeah, 100 points per each one. Yes. Also, uh, in a moment of relatability for me and Joey, was him trying to figure out how many that was? Being yeah, like, he's like, she said, 11. Uh. One, two, three. <laughs> that fully was me whenever I had to work at like, a cash register. Yeah. I was like, just let me count it out, because I'm not going to figure it out in my head. What am I saying? Kind of... like, 1,100, dog. Come on. Yeah. Um, so she has a super powerful Shadow Ghoul, but she's also displaying a ton of disrespect for her monsters. Yugi's not having that. Yeah, Yugi's all like, bro, you got to respect your cards. She's got to respect the monsters. She's like, no, they're, they're mine to toss away. I will crush you. She's like, I'm they're eight just, years old. There's just, they're just ink on a piece of paper. Like, doesn't matter. And Yugi's like, no, they're things with feelings. <laughs> Which, mm, somewhere in the middle of those two ideas is the truth. Yeah. Um... It's more like they are representations of things that used to be real. Uh, anyways. I kind of stopped paying attention after this point to the duel. I was paying attention because, um, one, I like the quote where I think it's Joey who's like, Mr. Moto, Yugi's getting creamed. <laughs> um, and then... Solomon's like, oh, this duel is like literally exactly like my duel with Arthur, and this is how it was going at that time. But 
you're going to be surprised how this duel ends, which it is a little bit surprising. Uh, because in the end, Yugi forfeits the game. He says, you know what? You win. Uh, Rebecca is kind of gloating, so happy that she won. And then she like runs over and is like, give me back the card you stole, you nasty, gross old man. Um, and Solomon's like, all right, I have it right here in my pocket. In my pocket, yeah. And he gives it to her and it's like been taped together. And she's like, you ripped it. I can't believe it. You're disgusting. I hate you. Um... Which, like, the entire gang is like, he did not rip it. Um, and the guy that did rip it, it's complicated. He yeah. might be our friend? We don't know. We're technically in his land? <laughs> he technically... His amusement park? Technically, we are friends with his brother. Yeah. Which sort of makes us friends with him. We don't know. Anyways. Um, right as Rebecca is, like, getting super mad about the ripped up card... Who should show up but Professor Arthur uh, Hawkins. Just happens to be there. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's just walking around. Nice bow tie suit. Yeah, he shows up and he's like, don't be a little shit. Yugi was like about to win the game. And he like shows her the card that Yugi was going to play. And she's like, why would Yugi forfeit the game? And he's like, because he has manners. And knew it was important that you should win. Um, and we get like a, a scene of Yugi blushing, which is very cute. Um, and basically, Rebecca's like, you know, you're right. I was wrong to like accuse your grandpa of stealing based on literally nothing. Uh, we also learned that Solomon did the same thing in the duel they had in the tomb. Yes. He surrendered yes. to give Hawkins water because Hawkins was clearly dying. Yes. Um, and Yugi gives Rebecca the ties of friendship. To be like, hey, have this so that like you understand friendship is more important than winning. Um, yeah. Kind of a weird whatever. Oh, I, I do have a note here about the... Um, Arthur and Solomon scene, which is I didn't like that they put the drinking noises in when he was drinking <laughs> the water. Those were went on for a little too long. I like the voice actor for Hawkins. I thought it was good. Oh yeah, yeah. I every time I watch this, I'm like, I really like the voice acting in this yeah. show. I think it. Um, I was reading a post on Tumblr last night. Don't cancel me. I still use Tumblr a lot. Uh, where someone was talking about how the Yu-Gi-Oh! dub is so interesting because, like, the people doing the dub, the voice actors, and, like, to some extent, the writers were, like, really putting their all into it and doing, like, a very... the best that they could. Yeah. And it feels like they could be proud of what they did. Um, while at the same time, you have, like, these really weird restrictions because it's four kids doing the dub, and it's also just right. basically selling toys. Um, but yeah, I thought the, the voice acting was pretty good. Um, and I liked all of the... I liked all the expressive animation. It looked really nice. Should we rate these episodes? Yeah, let's 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 give them a rating. Um, I would say, I'd put it at about a six. I would also give it a solid six. A solid six star chips, because uh, I liked the animation. Like you could tell that there was no repeated animation in this one. Really, yeah, it was very um, unique. Uh, but I felt like the duel kind of left a lot to be desired. And it wasn't as engaging as I think it could have been. Uh, but Definitely. It, also fun to learn more about Grandpa's backstory. Uh, and yeah, I think Six Star Chips, uh, a gentleman six. And Watchable, watchable episodes. Very watchable. <laughs> I only checked my phone once. Exactly. Uh, 
yeah, and then I don't remember what our next two episodes are going to be. Um, I think I will pull it up right now because I still have the Yu-Gi-Oh! website pulled up. Um, but I believe coming up is the, uh, no, fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! is starting to play. Oh, yes. Okay. Awesome. 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 I thought that it was this. Uh, the next two episodes are going to be the start of the, like, VR video game arc. Cool. The three-episode arc. Three episodes, I believe. Yes. Um, where they go into a video game that Kaiba designed, but also now all the video game characters are like, we're going to kill Kaiba and take over. This is great. Dope. Yeah. Um, in case you were wondering why... All these uh, Kaiba storylines are basically just people who work for him also want to murder him. He's just a divisive guy. Um, but yes, I'm excited about those next two episodes because they're really fun. Uh, some great filler there. But um, yeah, that's next week. As for this week... Um, Follow us on Twitter at Yugi Bros Podcast. Um, we post fun memes. We retweet fun memes. We're... Tell us what Yu-Gi-Oh character you are. Yeah, let us know. And uh, you can also email us uh, Yugi Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, no caps in there, all lowercase. Uh, what a good time. And we also want to say thank you to uh, Jocelyn Reyes for doing our theme music. Um, it bops, it slaps. Hell yeah. Yeah, and uh, with all that said, it's time for us to say see you later, duelists. Dueling grandpas, I want to see that. It's time to... <laughs> <laughs>